Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. Welcome to Marketing Today. I'm your host, Alan Hart, managing partner of Atomic, combining brand science and creative fire. Today on the show, I've got Dan Marks, CMO of Hancock Whitney Banks. Dan was a recent winner of the CMO Club's President's Award, recognizing him for the dedication to the mission of that club of building relationships and collaborating with peers. You'll hear his thoughts on how that translates inside his organization to drive innovation and transformation of the bank, and more importantly, where that source of inspiration comes from in his personal faith. Well, Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Alan. It's great to be here. I would love to start off and just get you to tell me a little bit about your role at Hancock Whitney Bank. So I am the chief marketing officer of Hancock Whitney Bank, and we're a significant regional bank focused on what we call the Gulf South area. And so this is an area that stretches around the Gulf of Mexico from Houston uh, around to Tampa. So I'm responsible for the, the marketing function at Hancock Whitney. A little bit more of the background. So we're the result of uh, multiple mergers like many banks are, but our roots stretch back into the late 1800s. And wow. so it, it's a more than century old bank. And the mission is is really interesting and unique in that the original charter of the bank focused on the community impact and how the, the bank would help communities and clients prosper. And so we're a for-profit entity that we believe generating a profit helps us provide a return to shareholders to attract capital, really to, to fulfill our mission, which is 
captured in the charter and fairly constantly lived out, even as the company has expanded. And so, you know, the way we fulfill that mission has changed with technology and client needs. And one of the reasons I joined was was to help take uh, the marketing function to the next level in really meeting those client needs and positioning us to to continue to be successful in in serving needs and serving our clients and communities for the next hundred years. So within marketing, what what all do you have responsibility for? Yeah, it's um, so marketing encompasses many of the the typical marketing functions, corporate communications, you know, internal internal communications, and corporate needs, insights, client analytics. We added a capability around the marketing stack, which is really kind of we believe the next generation way to talk about all the technically or digitally enabled technologies that are important to to operating today and will become even more important to operate in the future. So in the past, that might have been called a marketing automation or CRM. And then creative. And then we align the core of our marketing programs around Mm -hmm. client segments. So retail, B2B, wealth. And so we have teams that are building and responsible for integrated marketing plans across different channels and activities and then and then ultimately responsible for delivering ROI and right. production goals leads for those segments. Now we've met through the CMO club and you recently won a president circle award which is an award for your dedication in building those relationships and collaborating with other peer CMOs really the the heart of the club's mission. What does winning an award like that mean to you? And congrats by the way. Oh well thank you. Yeah you're you're kind. You know, it's, it, and I tell the team awards are are nice when they come along. You know, we're focused really on very passionately on using the marketing tool set to help our company achieve its mission. And so, you know, this particular one, the, the CMO Club Award, was nice because I think it it's sort of an external recognition of the values and principles that we've really focused on on reinforcing and building at the team. And so. I was I was honored to to receive the award. Really, is on behalf of the whole team. And so, our our company has core values of teamwork and personal responsibility, commitment to service, honor, integrity, others, and and so you know I think that the, the CMO Club recognizes that it takes both teamwork and personal responsibility uh, to really win. So it's it's not just about the team. It's not just about the individual. But when when you have a team of passionate, motivated folks who are focused on winning together and winning by serving the client, then it's really special. So, you know, Do you have a philosophy that guides your own team building efforts inside the bank or, or ways in which you do that that you could speak to? Yeah. So my, um, my philosophy and, I, and, I, and, one, and one of the reasons I joined um, the company was, and I, and I joined the company about a year and a half ago. It was a great fit of kind of personal values and mission in the company. And so what I've learned is it's important for there to be just a cultural fit and a and kind of a values fit. Different leaders have different styles. And so and you know, what's important, and, and in, in this case, the philosophy really does line up well with the company's mission and core values. But then we apply that in a way that focuses on the marketing function. So... For example, we take kind of an, a somewhat agile approach to teamwork where, you know, 
for marketing to be successful, we can't operate in a vacuum. We've got a team within the, the marketing team, but also with other parts of the organization. And so we set up, as one example, some collaborative planning sessions or where you know every month those marketing leaders for the segments are looking at results and plans for their areas of focus and we involve other stakeholders from the organization including the the risk functions in, into those plannings and there and it's it's kind of a tricky balance of you want to be inclusive enough so that folks are included but not so broad that you know you, you might have 30 different uh, opinions on on one particular mm-hmm. Part of the plan, so we walk that line, and we constantly tweak. But you know, I've got alignment sessions and collaboration sessions with the rest of the executive team, and then we cascade that down through through different parts of the of the sales organization. And so we activate that teamwork value in a way that's very specific and relevant to marketing, and the fact that you've got to have enough planning and organization to be organized, but enough nimbleness that really reinforces that creativity and innovative spirit, which is a key part of, of marketing. And then those collaboration points and planning sessions, I mean, it sounds like you're seeking those out and striking that right balance like you just described, which is, you know, how many people to involve, how much planning to actually do versus keeping everything agile and nimble at the same time. How do you manage that balance? Because I think, I think a lot of CMOs struggle with that, to be honest. You know, how much do I leave in reserves versus put out on the table in, the, in my plans? I don't know if you've thought about that or, or had uh, thoughts about that that you've shared with others. Yeah, we definitely want to be an active partner. There's two principles that I've that I've found to, to work on focusing is so one is building relationships. So we place a big priority on building relationships with all all different levels of organization. Just like you know, marketing its heart is is building relationship with clients for the company, right? So part of that to be successful is we got to build relationships internally. There was a, there was a book a while back called Never Eat Alone, which is a great idea. Uh, you can actually get fifty percent right. value by just the title, right? So we've all got to eat. So one of the one of just the the simple tactics is is making sure that uh, myself and others on the team we use that lunch time to build one on one relationship with, with key partners and have a dialogue on what we're focused on ideas. And so, and I, I think the other other key part is affirming the idea that good ideas can come from everywhere, right? So. One of the core competencies of marketing is innovation and creativity. But because we need to focus on innovating and being creative around the client and their needs, having a dialogue with all different parts of the organization can, can spark uh, really interesting ideas. So, for example, this is an example for, from a, a while ago uh, in, a, in a different uh, company. But, you know, I was doing a branch tour, spending some time in, the, in a branch and different ones just talking to people. And one of the um, branch bankers just asked the question, that, you know, hey, why do we have these big brochure racks? People never seem to use them. And so it got, you know, that just comment got me thinking. And we ended up doing a study to understand really how those were used in the customer's buying journey and use that insight to retool what we did, which ended up being more effective and cost less money. So you know, having that active collaboration and teamwork, it really is, it's, it's less about a process and more about an attitude and a, and a philosophy of teamwork and relationships. That's a, a big foundational pillar. And then the other part is, you know, from a process perspective, having, having the idea that we're going to kind of 
actively plan. And by that, I mean, I think most successful marketers would agree that the days of kind of a rigid annual marketing plan or budget Mm -hmm. are gone. And so if we can, at whatever frequency makes sense for the uh, construct, think, think about, you know, we have a direction, we have a vision, we have a strategy, but part of that is flexibility about tactics, right? So if we have some goals and a strategy, they're very simple, actually, but then we spend most of our time on critically thinking about how do our tactics best support that vision and grounded by analytics on what really is working, then that actually helps, what I found is helps establish credibility with the rest of the organization. Because if we're, if we're constantly looking at what we're doing and with the critical eye of what's working and what's not and, and de-emphasizing what's working less well or not at all and replacing that with, with either new ideas or higher value and we're transparent about that process, that just help is, you know, kind of adds the, the rigor mm-hmm. to that collaboration. And, and we're also at that point talking about facts and goals and creatively applying the tactics to those facts and goals. And it's less about, and it becomes less subjective, you know, because everybody has an opinion about the visual output of marketing, but that's just sort of the end of the process. Exactly. So you've been, you've been on the job by a year and a half there, and I know you've been driving digital transformation and innovation inside the organization. Curious on two fronts. One, how that, how's that going, you know, a year and a half in, and, and what learnings have you had along the way? Yeah, so the point about digital innovation and transformation, one of the things we've focused on is just emphasizing this is not sort of innovation for innovation's sakes or, you know, kind of a science project. This is looking at customer behavior, client behavior, client attitudes, and, and then thinking about where where the puck might be going so we can so we can position ourselves to be uh, more relevant today and more relevant tomorrow. It's been great to have the support and buy-in from you know fellow executives, although you know, and all the way down, but but really folks that you know, I've got a great partnership and relationship with our CIO, CFO, head of sales, Head, uh, head of HR, head of risk. So all those partnerships are important to have a you know a buy-in that we're going to get better at what's relevant to the customer today. And that was probably made a little bit easier because there was a there was a realization that we were behind in certain areas. Now we've we've caught up, and I would say we're probably positioned to leapfrog in certain areas after a little bit of time. So, for example, we put in a modern you know marketing stack that was really positioned for the digital world and less so about the the legacy batch or paper world. And so, you know, other companies who may have already invested in a set of marketing technology a few years ago that were more positioned for that context may have a tougher time because they had to decide how much do we want to change out what we've already invested in, which is so, you know, some of that was realistically a little easier because of the situation. But with all that being said, we've we've significantly changed and enhanced the the go-to-market approach, but based on the client needs and behaviors and then working backwards from that. And so that's that's been really the key. So then it's less about, you know, something we want to do and more about what is the client looking for? How is the client behaving? Tell me a little bit more about this marketing stack. I haven't necessarily heard that comment before. I mean, I've heard of it, but tell me kind of what's in the stack and how do you think about it? 
Yeah, so this terminology, and I think you'll see it more and more. I mean, if we, to my knowledge, I don't think we invented the term. We just sort of adopted it because it really, and, and it speaks to the idea that, you know, just like the rest of the organization has a has a technology stack that it operates when that has multiple components, right? So it's not just a one system, but it's a, a platform supported by multi, multiple plugins. So, you know, for example, we use Salesforce for our CRM system. Well, we wanted a, a marketing stack that worked well with Salesforce, with a, with a data warehouse, and then, you know, serve it. So, you know, we're, I think what's the specific tool we're using is confidential, but, but it's a, you know. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We, we wanted a, a core marketing platform and then associated uh, plugins and integrations that were, you know, the principles were real-time, flexible, digitally focused rather than, uh, you know, batch. So did you set out to kind of build your stack? Was it picking picking the right platform, say like a Salesforce, like it was CRM-led, if you will, and then you worked back from there to try to find partners that would plug and play with that? Or, you know, I, I'm assuming that's kind of how it may have taken place, but I, I don't know. I think there might be some learnings for other marketers and how you got started building this. Yeah, you know, um, it seems like there's sort of two different schools of thought that we kind of are took the best of both of them. So some folks, you know, Gartner's famous for sort of this idea that, yeah. or not Gartner, but Forrester, sorry, that um, you need to start with a strategy and mm-hmm. then work to the technology. And then there's sort of another approach where it's have sort of perfect alignment with your technical capabilities. I think the, the reality is the, the right. world's a little more messy. It's always and more so messy than consultants would tell you. There's multiple right. influence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The world's a little more messy. And, and the reality is there's sort of a feedback loop, right? So customer needs and behavior are influenced by the technical capabilities and then as they try new things it inspires new capabilities or new new demands and so you know for for example this is the easy example to rep point to is you know blackberry was the first mover in smartphones but they were so enamored with their keyboard advantage they never saw that technology had technical capabilities had advanced to the point where you could create a compelling touchscreen Right. There have been other attempts to have a touchscreen device in the past that hadn't, hadn't been successful based on the capabilities of that time. They missed, essentially, the, the importance of the iPhone because they were so locked into sort of a current understanding of technical capabilities. So what we wanted to do in our marketing stack was not just evaluate current capabilities, but make, a, make an evaluation of 
which platforms and tools have the best capability or the best chance of meeting our current needs, but also evolving with the needs where we sort of generally know or might be surprised about the new the new needs and the evolution. So we placed a big importance in our in our evaluation on roadmap and capabilities evolution, not just sort of current requirements. So you, you future proof your plan almost providing you that flexibility to some well degree. yeah i would i would hesitate to <laughs> use the words future proof right. i'm not sure anybody right. can do that but but we placed a big emphasis on sort of how do we add stuff that we don't right. know what we don't know right how easy it would be to if we identify a new need in the future based on some new technical capability or some new customer behavior innovation how easy it would be for our, either our core platform mm-hmm. vendor to add that or how easy right. would it be to plug right. in? Um, and so, you know, I'll also just say one, and I've said this before publicly, so it's not new, but, you know, one of the things that I think Salesforce has done really well uh, from a CRM perspective is not just the tool, but it's the app exchange, right? So they've made it very easy, not quite as easy as the, you know, iPhone app store, but for enterprise tools, almost that easy to add capabilities in a platform, right? So you don't need some consulting right. level of effort with thousands of hours or hundreds of hours at, to do a one-off integration. They realized, hey, if we're cloud-based and we have this deal, we can go out to different providers that add capability that have capabilities we don't have, but make it very easy for them to integrate once and deploy uh, quickly. And so, you know, that's that's one example of of how you can be, you know, kind of more nimble than than something that may be completely proprietary right. or completely custom. Right. Um, because frankly, I'd rather our organization use most of its limited technical resources in building out products and services for right. our client. Right. I, mean, I don't think it's the best use of our limited development engineering resources to build tools for marketing when we can just right. buy those. Right. Well, where, I mean, we've gone down this technology path, which I think is interesting. Um, where do you look for, you know, technology inspiration or, or even educating yourself? That's a great question. So I think one of the core competencies I look for in marketing talent is an innate sense of curiosity and sort of the spirit of the pioneer. Right. Tell people. And I think marketing, by definition, is is creating new stuff. Now, there's a process and approach to be disciplined. You know, we don't want to <laughs> bet the farm on a new idea. But the, you know, the, the kind of classic idea from direct marketing of Champion Challenger of I'm going to put most of my resources on what I know has worked well in the past, but at a at a relatively small level, constantly be testing potential mm-hmm. challengers to that idea. That philosophy really permeates everything we do. So when I look for marketing talent, whether or not it's moving people in the or inside organization or outside, is I look for that sort of innate sense of what could be. And so my belief, too, is you can't take a class to learn that. It's sort of an innate sense. And we all have our different inspiration sources, but we, you know, me personally, I, I try new tools, uh, whether or not they're digital or other tools. I'm, you know, constantly observing sort of human behavior and ideas from all sorts of, so I have a really eclectic uh, sort of reading list that reflects interest in a lot of areas, everything from, you know, tech crunch to the economy. And and, and also read a bunch of history because I think some of, some of history and biologies, because I think some of it is, there's some aspects of human nature it has been constant throughout time. Some of the differences is just 
the way we accomplish what we what we want to accomplish. So the tools have changed, but you know we still need to eat and live and sleep and you know there's some core parts of life that have have been uh, you know pretty constant. We just you know the way we get around is a little different than or a lot different. The way we communicate is a lot different, but the core need to communicate is still there. Well, so stepping back a little bit from the the job, the technology that you're transforming and innovating around. You know, what what fuels your success? What 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 drives you personally? That's a great question. So personally, I I want everything I do to honor God. So that's my personal motivation. Now that's personal, and you have to be careful of how you let those things. Uh, you know, there's a there's a there's a you know public need, but that's personally what drives me. And so it it's really important to have mutual respect to everybody that we work with, and also focus on excellence. And so we. You know, it's that relationship and creative spirit and accountability that is all all based on that. So, so when we focus on doing something, we're always asking, "Hey, how can we do this better?" Not to, and for me personally, it's sort of not. It's not to make. It's not for sort of personal gain, but it's we we're focused on helping the company be more successful, and to do that. We've got to help our clients be more successful, and so that's where having having a clear and compelling point of differentiation that's relevant to our needs and is better than other alternatives, it all funnels back to right, that. Right, And it's so, that spirituality that you're talking about that propels you to, to, to make those improvements, to make it better in all aspects. Is that fair? Yeah, and I think, I think it, it, the reason is because it sort of goes, you know, a lot of folks talk about how it it's really it's really important to have to believe mm-hmm. in something bigger than yourself. Well, so if I'm doing if I'm just doing something for myself, then that's kind of a pretty small goal. But if it's ultimately to to make the world a, a better place, to help people because I be, I believe that those people are important to God, then that's a lot more motivating than sort of just no, thinking about myself. Absolutely. Kind of going back commercial for a moment, where do you look for inspiration in, or, you know, brands or companies that you think are interesting or think others should be taking notice of? Yeah. So I, I think John Doerr made this comment that companies are sort of inherently mission focused or mercenary focused. And most of the time, the missionary companies are more successful. And what I, I think what he means is the companies that are really focused on helping their customers be successful tend to perform better over the long run than those companies that are just focused on sort of current success, right? Now, I firmly believe that there's a value in having a, I firmly believe there's a, there's a value in having a profit-based system, but you've got to combine that with an ethics and a sense mm-hmm. of focus on the client, right? So those companies that are truly looking at how are we helping our customers be more successful in innovation and products and the way they power and hold their associates accountable. All those things are, are really interesting. And so, you know, there's some, there's some great companies in, in financial services we look at uh, that would be, you know, somewhat competitors or peers. But then also, I, I think there's really interesting, peop- really interesting companies uh, outside, right? So, you know, an easy one to say is Apple, but real, I mean, Apple really is amazing for their focus on designing for core human need, much more than thinking about either just the emotional or rational. They think about the whole package, the whole client experience, the whole customer experience. 
Uh, so they're they're one uh, to look at. You know, I think Amazon and and Zappos have to be on the list just because of their tremendous growth. You know, we can learn a lot from Costco, and those are just some some examples. So as you sit around your crystal ball, which I'm sure you have one, um, you know, what are you what are you what are you thinking yeah. about for the future <laughs> of marketing? Where do you think marketing is going to go? Well, you know, I think I think the the companies and the marketers that really focus on kind of the full client experience and the full company experience are the ones that are ultimately going to be better. And so, you know, it's it's well gone the days that, uh, you know, marketing doesn't have any, you know, has no accountability. You know, the, the days of, you know, I, I don't know, I know half my advertising right. works, I just don't know which half. I mean, the, those are long gone. Uh, even before the digital world, that was starting to de- decay with some of the tracking techniques that were available then. But in the digital world, even more so, it's, you know, there's just a level of accountability, which actually I think is a lot more empowering because if the company understands the impact you're having, then that's a much more compelling place to be on a quantitative basis than just a subjective basis. So, you know, it's, it's great that there's all this conversation around big data and analytics. I think that's, I think that's great. But I do think the, the most successful markers are the ones, though, that are going to remember that remember that we're ultimately a needs-based and people-based business, right? So at the end of the day, it's the companies that are better able to hone in on what's their unique value proposition, how do they really deliver better value to people, and then build everything they do about that. So you know, how do we understand that qualitatively and quantitatively? Right brain and left brain. That's that's where the not just a, a right brain. It's not just a left brain. It's a it's a whole. It's a it's really thinking from the whole person back and and taking a critical eye about what are you know what is our unique competitive advantage and constantly be thinking about how do we what is our unique advantage and where are we focusing what are we not going to do because there's I mean there's more potential good ideas than ever before and you can discover them better with the deluge of, of information and ideas and all those things. And so, you know, sort of filtering through the signal from the noise and thinking about, you know, what am I going to consider? What am I going to try? What am I going to do more of or less of? Or those are those are the ultimate key questions for Yeah, marketers. I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, keeping people at the center of what we're doing, who we're trying to do things for, and this notion of whole brain application and thinking and uh, going forward. I've heard that from a couple other folks as well. I think I think you're on to something. Well, um, Dan, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show today. Oh, sure. Alan, thank you for the in- invite. And hopefully this has been um, helpful to you and your listeners. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.